We thank you for your word. We bless you, Lord, and we lift you up in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And, Lord, fill us with the knowledge of God. Lord, feed us from your throne room in heaven. And, Lord, we just thank you for blessing us and healing us in every way, mind, body, and spirit. And we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about the effects of words. Words, amen. Words have a lot of different effects on a lot. Well, words affect a lot of things. I'll put it like that. Amen. Hallelujah. They, They have a good effect and a bad effect. Amen. So you have to, uh, figure out how you want your your words to be used amen so our words have tremendous power see we don't believe our words have power because sometimes and I'm the kind of person I like a good joke or two I mean you know that's just who I am that's how I live been like that all my life because my father used to tell jokes to us we didn't have brothers so he was bored so he used to tell us jokes all the time they some of them were funny some of them I didn't understand But we enjoyed my father telling jokes. Amen. So we laughed a lot in my house. My mother didn't participate. Like Joyce Meyer. Why is Dave having so much fun with the kids? Well, that was my mother, Joyce Meyer. She didn't like fun. She didn't like people having fun. And she would get mad at my father. So my father would hang out with the girls and tell jokes and have a good time. Didn't he tell some good jokes, Sheree? He told some good jokes and made you laugh. So... But you know, sometimes when you are that type of person, you don't take a whole lot seriously. So you got to know when to cut it off and when seriousness takes over. Amen. Because my father, he would always try to make everything better and more pleasant so that you didn't feel uh, uh, hurt or, you know. And I think a lot of that, I, I took that too. And it was hard to know when he was serious but when he was serious he give you that look and you knew not to not to go further but anyway what I'm trying to say is sometimes if you're that type of person where you like to have fun sometimes you don't really take your words so seriously but words have power tremendous power and words have to be taken seriously amen because they can cause things to come to pass good bad or indifferent It will still come to pass. The written word has power. The spoken word, what God spoke out of his mouth, his creative let, has power. And even words to music. So watch what you sing. Oh, my baby left me. My baby is gone. You know, all that. That stuff has power. And so you have to watch what you say. Because words create it creates, a, that's how everything you say was said. Before chair was said, there's a chair. You know, everything that we say, everything that you see was said before it was created. Amen. It was created with someone's let, let there be. And so we have to take words seriously, although talking is something that we do all the time. And we joke, and we don't mean a lot of things that we say, but this is what the Lord, I believe, wants us to know today, is that even 
when you're having fun, be careful of what you say. Amen. That's how the devil, because see, the devil ain't playing. See, he's at his last, Custer's last stand. And he'll, he wants to try to use anything. He'll creep in any kind of way and use anybody. Amen. And so you have to really be careful of what you say. The seeds that, that's planted, the seed that's planted determines the harvest. Amen. Because seeds have dominion over the soil. And this is what the Lord kept saying. Seeds have dominion over the soil. I'm like, okay. Seeds have dominion over the soil. I'm like, and then he said, seeds have dominion over the soil. And I said, okay, I got it. And I thought about it. I start, I got it. So whatever you plant will surely come to pass. Because when you say something, it's like a seed being planted. And seeds have dominion over the soil, not vice versa. Soil does not have dominion over the seed. Amen. Hallelujah. And he had to repeat that to me over and over before I understood. So the seed has dominion over the soil. So what you say is a seed and it has dominion over what's going to come back. Amen. And so we have to really, if you don't want it, don't say it. Amen. And if you, you say it, expect it to come to pass. Because it, it will. Now sometimes when we, we're only human. And we're, we're sometimes, we're all kind of vessels. Marred in, <laughs> just all kind of vessels. And God understands that sometimes he don't allow those things that we say to come to pass. But it's, not, it's no guarantee. I mean, he don't have to watch. He don't have to do that. That's grace. Now, that's what grace is, okay? <laughs> By the grace of God, all the things that we say don't come to pass. Amen? By his grace. But we have to still, it's our responsibility to guard our mouths in your heart. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs, it says, guard your heart with all diligence. And it says guard your heart because when you guard your heart, you guard your mouth because what's in your heart will surely come out your mouth. Amen. So guard your heart with all diligence. Watch what you allow get in there because it will surely come out of your mouth and you can have whatsoever you say. Amen. So words will lead you along the right path or take you down the wrong path. Amen. In Matthew twelve thirty seven, I'm going to turn there. You can turn there if you like, because we're going to only be there for one minute. Matthew twelve thirty seven says, uh, "It says, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned." Amen. In other words, that word justified meaning acquitted, declared righteous, or showed to be righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. So by your words you will be acquitted, or by your words you'll be condemned. And so this is how serious, and those are the words of Jesus, so this is how serious we have to take words. So let's not forget that God framed the worlds. We already said that chair, desk, man, woman. 
everything that he and you know I thought it was interesting when he told he told Adam go name all of those animals you notice animals look like what they if you close your eyes well it's only because okay I'll, I'll change that ask a child two year old point to the to the elephant they go now they may sometimes get a dog and a cat mixed up because they look almost alike in a picture but <laughs> point to the giraffe they'll look and they'll because picture animals look like their names. Amen. Just like I look like my name. Amen. <laughs> I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent, but but we look like who we are. She back there laughing. I don't know why. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty. Let's go there. Hallelujah. I'll do the easy way. We look like who we are. And you know why? It's because nobody can be you but you. Nobody can be me but me. Amen. And nobody can be you but you. So in Proverbs 18.20, it says a man's mortal self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words he must be satisfied whether it's good or evil amen and in verse 21 it says death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it of death or life amen and it gives a reference to Matthew twelve thirty seven, which is what we already read. Glad to know that was really connected. <laughs> I just noticed that. Praise God. So a man's belly shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. So people who always speak negative words will eventually receive what their words produce. But you notice when we receive negativity, we always get mad at somebody else. That old, amen, even if we have to blame our kids, a little baby, we don't care. You know, we'll take any escape. But it produces negative words, produce failure, defeat, and sorrow. Words are containers because we're vessels. Amen. Now these containers can hold ungodly or godly. It depends on us. Words are containers that are filled with hate, doubt, fear, and unbelief. Or they can be filled with love, joy, peace, happiness, and faith. It's up to us because we are vessels and we hold whatever it is that we allow ourselves to hold. So words contain. And even sometimes you ever notice right words with a wrong attitude still mean what it didn't say it still means that's what this is saying that's what that means by words are containers they contain something they contain either blessing or they contain not blessing if you if somebody came up to you and said oh girl you look so good and they doing like this you know you can hear that you know because that word contains the look on their face because they didn't mean you see what I'm so words are containers 
they contain certain things, even if it's a nice word, but it's better and nice than say, oh, girl, you don't look good. <laughs> then, then somebody got to fight. So it's better to say the right thing, but words can still contain the wrong attitude. Amen. And it's because of attitudes. So words can bless or words can curse. Amen. They can be filled full of godliness or ungodliness. Even if, if it's a right word, it can contain or hold or mean something different. And it's the attitude behind the words that fill those words with either righteousness or unrighteousness. Amen. So words, are, words can encourage or discourage. Words can bless or curse. Words can wound or make whole. Words can build our confidence or destroy faith in us. And, in dis- and destroy our confidence. Amen. I've had that happen to me. And God, I had to go to God and get my confidence built back. Because people can destroy your confidence. If you let them. In the early days when I, didn't ha- I wasn't on a foundation, I didn't know any better. And see, now when I know who I am in him, I can't be, words can't destroy me, other people's words. I can only destroy me. But when I wasn't on a foundation, see, that's why you need something strong under you. Because you may get stupid stuff from people all the time. And sometimes they don't even mean what they say. They just say stuff. You know, with a bad, you know, with something bad on the inside, but they're trying to say the right thing. Amen. So, anyway, your confidence can be destroyed because of somebody else's words when it comes wrong and it's a wrong attitude behind it. It contains something that breaks your confidence, breaks, breaks your focus. You know, breaks, but that's why you have to be strong. You got to be a soldier in this army. You can't let people break you. Amen. Words, there, there's all kind of words. Words of confidence. Words that bite and words that sting. Amen. Words that rob people of what they, you know, rob them of their efficiency. Rob them of their wholeness. Rob them of where they're going. You know, we really, and we all, we all do it. We don't mean to. Now, some people just walk around in condemnation. And at least little thing you say, (laughs) they take it as, something negative but it's because something's not right on the inside of them but I'm not talking about that because I can say oh girl I like them shoes you know and say you know but if your head is straight you don't care what I think you know like who cares hey I'm sick of my blue shoes but they the most comfortable pair I have (laughs) okay and I'm just gonna wear them okay these are Pastor Barb shoes that I wore. Someone she said, hey, keep them. And I said, no, take them back. Nah, keep them. I guess she looks at you. Don't wore them out. But they're so comfortable. The prophet wore them and they just feel good. So I'm just going to wear them, okay? <laughs> she said, take them all home. I guess she said, wore out my shoes. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know how I got on shoes. But anyway. You know, we have to watch our words. Loving, tender words can fill you with strength 
and lead you in the victory. Amen. That's why with your children, you, you, you can set an a atmosphere in your house from your words. Amen. You, you can be sweet as pie. But something on the inside of you know you better not cross that line. That's how my house was. You know my new, my mother was. Argh. And I'm telling you, you didn't do nothing to set her off. Because you was going to be in trouble. But the house was clean. Food was cooked. Your clothes were clean. She's a good mother and a good wife. But don't push her. Amen. So you knew. She, she, it's like she took a line and drew it. Don't come across that line. But your, at your kids, seeing my father was an encourager. He never, I, he ne, even he encouraged my mother. Even though you might not have felt good about yourself, he always would tell you something good about you. And it made us grow up knowing who we were. It's, and that's what it does. It, you can be strong and, and stern, yet you can let kids understand and know who they are by nurturing them with love love is so important but we we had love in our house but we knew not to push we knew who the boss was and we didn't mess with the boss lady amen but we we grew up knowing who we were we we grew up not being weak but being strong amen all of us amen hallelujah and so you have to set that atmosphere in your home or your kids will be weak follow the first crowd they get with they'll be weak but you have to speak things into them speak into them speak 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 into them and do 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 i can't stress it enough you have to do train them to do not them i don't mean do all the work i mean do all the spiritual building you know it's on us amen and my kids were very uh they played a lot and all that stuff. But, oh, I forgot I one is in here. I, but they were, and they're strong. And they're trendsetters. You know, they are in authority. Because they know who they are. Because we didn't whack them down. But, don't, but we had a Vietnam man, Vietnam house. Five minute showers, don't mess up. March on the line. If you, you took a shower, don't leave that towel in that bathroom. It was a lot of rules. 30 second shower sometime. He took a five minute. But I'm telling you, we had a lot of rules. But they, it was effortless, effortless to follow them. Because... Everybody just fell in line. But they knew they were loved. And if they had a problem, they knew they could come to me. And a lot of times they didn't come. The boys would go to their father. They knew who to go. Bridget would come to me. Because they knew that they could come to us. Because we set an atmosphere of love as stern as my husband was. And y'all know how Vietnam veterans are. But as stern as he was, there was still love. And they knew it. Am I right? They, they knew they were loved. And so they weren't confused. And see, amen. And see, when you have an atmosphere of love but authority, your kids going to be like that. That's just how they're going. Amen. They'll be full of authority. So let's go to Galatians 6. Hallelujah. Galatians 6 verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall also reap. Amen. Now we always use this in offering, in the offering um, scriptures. But I think it's good for us to know that this is not just talking about money. This is talking about sowing in your life. Amen. Whatever you put out is going to come back. Amen. Seed time and harvest and the Bible also says it's going to remain. In other words, ain't nothing going to stop that. Amen. Nothing will stop that seed. Once you put in the ground, nothing can stop the seed. Because the seed has dominion over the soil. Boom. There it is again. <laughs> there it is again. Amen. And so verse 8 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And see, some people don't like that because they say, well, I got to wait till I go to heaven. No, this is heaven. Heaven is wherever you want it to be. Amen. And you know, God creates a heaven. You know, the, in, in other words, the garden was heaven. It was earthly heaven until corruption came. That's what that just said. It's saying corruption stops Eternity. What's that word it used? Everlasting life, which is eternity. But corrupt, corruption stops that. It negates that. And so this is what happened in the garden. It was heaven on earth until the fall. Here come the snake. Trying to make somebody think God was withholding. He does the same thing to us every day. God don't want you to have that. He ain't going to do that for you. How many times have you heard that? God won't do it. He can't do it because you did so and so. See, if we can understand that this is not this is the kingdom of God where you don't earn. You just obey. I'm gonna tell you something. It's more of us trying Christians trying to earn something than obedience. Obedience is what you do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Or the obedience factor is what you have to live up to. Because obedience is what keeps you in the black and not the red. The red is the negative, right? Well, it keeps you in the black. And see, we forget about the obedience factor. And we go trying to do stuff that's good enough to please God. And then you start saying, well, did I do this? Because, you know, the devil had me like that until I realized I can't do nothing right. I can't do it all. You can, you can do something right, but I can't do it all. Amen. God has to do it for me. Amen. So I have to allow him to be God in my life. Now, does this mean that you can do wrong and get something good? No, it doesn't. Because every seed that you sow comes up. And there's a penalty for sin. Death. It's still. The wages of sin is still death. To all these people that think grace is going to cover their sin. Willful sin ain't covered by grace. The Bible says that. Amen. It says that. And then it says certainly not. Whatever it says. It says certainly not. Because it just don't work that way. Amen. All we have to do is obey God, we'll be fine. But when we start trying to compensate and trying to do more because we know we were bad instead of repenting, getting that stuff cleaned up, amen, just, just repent. You know, God has been showing me how important repentance is. 
I'm not trying to put anybody down, but it's just like uh, my neighbor. When I didn't know what was going on and she wound up getting sick, dying, she hadn't repented until I ministered to her. And remember that? And she repented to him. And I felt bad. I said, maybe I shouldn't have said nothing. I felt bad. And the Lord showed me, said, she got in because you put her under conviction. My life, just me. I was just witnessing, telling her about me and what I was doing. And I gave her a copy of both my books. And she was saying, oh, wow. And I didn't, then I know Bridget had told me she was, uh, she looked like she was sick. And I was saying, oh, brother, you know, maybe I could have just shut my mouth. And God said, oh, she needed that. And there's been a lot of people that I have ministered, whacked them. Remember the other one? And she called me to brag to me to say, well, my church prayed for me and I'm healed and da-da-da-da. And see, we were getting on her, me and Nola both, about not coming to the conferences and the healing schools. Well, my church prayed for me and I'm healed and I'm out of the hospital. I'm doing good. She croaked. And I, I told her. I whacked her. And I said, look, your healing's in this place. It's a set place for your healing. I said, I don't care. I said, I'm not trying to say we're the only people that pray. I know we're not. I said, but if something is said, I said, you got to have the wisdom to know where your healing is. I said, if you need to go to the doctor, you don't go to the market. You go to emergency when you can't breathe, you know. And so I told her, I said, your healing is here. I don't understand why you don't come to the meetings. Well, I was going to come and da-da-da-da, and then they, it was all, they did this for me, and they didn't even give her a funeral, did they? Okay, you know, whatever. But, but I'm telling her when, when uh, I ministered to her, I went to God, I went to Pastor Barb first and told her what I said. I said, I think I was a little too hard on her. And Barb said, mm-mm. She said, she, she needed to hear that because she needed to repent. And then when she croaked three weeks later, I'm like, and then the Lord showed it to me. He said, your words got her in. And I'm like, thank you. Because I was really feeling bad because I told Nola a couple of times. I said, oh, I think I was too harsh on her, you know. And, uh, but she shouldn't have said what she was thinking wrong, on the wrong road. You know, looking up to man in the big church and what all they was doing for her. And, they, and when she, Nola, I think you, Nola called to find out when her funeral, oh, we're going to have it later. Didn't they say that? Later. And later and later. And that's how long has it been? Two years? They ain't had it yet. Ain't that terrible? They didn't think enough of her to give her a service. Crazy people. But you can tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. So I was thankful. I said, well, Lord, I, I appreciate I appreciate it then because, you know, I didn't want to, you know, be too hard on her. Then her sister died. Then her brother-in-law died. And it's like a death spirit just ran through that family. It's like, what is going on? You know, and you just can't let people die with all of that guilt. You, Honey, when God opened your mouth, speak. Be sure it's him, amen, but speak. Because you never know if that's going to be the last time you see them. And uh, it it didn't make me feel good, but when God spoke and when Pastor Barb spoke, it made me feel a whole lot better. But it's just sad. And she would always think of reasons why she didn't come. 
Well, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You watch them to say that I'm telling them what what they doing, because they ain't doing nothing. Because they need to come after what God has sent him them here for. And she was the main one talking about how she loved the bus and how she loved this and how she loved that. And she is no longer with us. Because the devil was after her then. You know, I mean, he was. He was after her then. And you could tell. And it's like, my goodness. But the devil, he's dirty. And all he do, he sit up and laugh. <laughs> I got that one and I'm going to get some more. That's what he does. Pride. She has so much pride. And it's so, it, it'll kill you. You can't get healed, healed with pride. Ain't going to happen. Gotta humble yourself. That's why the Bible says, "Let them call for the elders of the church. They don't call, you don't go. Let they gotta come and see. It's a reason for that. Nobody's being mean. We following the word. Word says, "Call, you call. Why do, do they always have to call you? That's not scriptural, and it won't work because it's a set kingdom." Everything is all, your healing is already planned. Everything's planned. God, Jesus always said, do you want to, if he went to them, he said, do you want to be healed? The, the woman with the issue crawled to him. She came out of her, you know, and, and confessed, I spent all my money on these men who can't do nothing for me. Can you help me? I believe if I just touch. See, her faith was in Jesus because she didn't have nothing else. She exhausted everything. Which is a good thing. Because at least she knew in whom she was believing. And so you have to humble yourself. Go, you know, call for the elders of the church. Be anointed with oil and a prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if, they forget, if they've committed any sins, they shall be forgiven by my God who is in heaven. And so God will heal you. The prayer of faith, that's why the prayer of faith saves the sick. Amen. Because when you know you need a healer, but this false, they praying for me and they, they ain't praying for you. They ain't doing it. I wish people could see that. They're not doing it. And oh, this, oh, you so wonderful. Oh, you got the gifts. You know, all that gift. You, your gift. Your gift. They don't, they don't receive your gift. That's how they get you. See, I could always thank God. I could always see through it. I was a Baptist and I knew not to listen to that. Because people was always, when I first started traveling with Pastor Barb, I don't know where I'm going. I'm, I'm just going. And they, uh, they would always say, well, we want you to come and speak. And she's sitting right there. And I'm like, okay. And I, I wasn't going. I want to say to them, I want to say that the answer is no. But I would look at them so funny. They were scared to call me. I'm like, well, see, we love her, but we want you. And I'm like, okay. But I said to myself, you better not call me. Because if you want me, you go through her. Amen. People who, who don't acknowledge authority ain't right. But see, most people's flesh get, they want me. They don't want me. They don't want what I got. They better not call me. <laughs> they get something they don't want. Yeah, we want you. You don't want me. 
You're trying to divide and conquer. That's the way it is. I, I, the devil, and you know, it's just something how he works. And it works on people all the time. But some people is not going to let that work. Amen. Some won't fall for that. But you just want to kill people. It's just sad. And most people now hate to see that. It just it hurts me so bad. It just really hurts me. But, you know, just try to be at all of the meetings. I know everybody here does. But, you know, a lot of people that miss ain't here. Or they got something to do. Now, I know God has a lot of people working on Saturday and Sunday. And that's a trick of the enemy, too. Better do like Cece. Keep calling in. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't coming or... What you? What's the story you've been saying? Uh, I be. They say you coming in. You say uh, no. <laughs> I say okay. Because <laughs> they kept overworking, 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 overworking until he wasn't feeling good in his body. And the devil will kill you. You just gotta know when to say no. So, you know, let the chips fall where they may, but take a stand on something. Amen. Some things you just got to take a stand on. And so, anyway, I don't know where I am, but I, I just get got me. You know, they praying. They, you know, y'all ain't the only one pray. I didn't say that. That's what you think. You see, she was trying to prove to me who those people were. And those people ain't even saved. Didn't they do you? What'd they say? Praise you, sister. And what what was that prayer? Traveling mercies. Traveling mercies. mercies. And be blessed. Traveling mercies. That ain't praying. But people like that stuff. They like it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They like that stuff. And the Bible clearly says, touch no man suddenly. Don't do that. You don't do that. That's unscriptural. You don't supposed to do that, people you don't know. Did you ask him to come pray for you, Chuck? I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't do that. And it's unscriptural. It's not God. I don't care if it's a good prayer. It wasn't God. Every person that's new... When they come up here, you can ask your friend, Alicia. I said, can I lay hands on you? Even though she came up in the altar. Maybe she didn't want me to touch her. And I said, can I lay hands? She said, sure. You know, when you don't know people, you ask. Even if they up in your healing line. When I laid hands on Chanel's father, he got healed. I said, can I lay hands on you? He laughed. He said, hey, that's what I'm up here for. But you got to follow the rules of God, you know. You don't touch people suddenly. You don't know. You got to ask permission. Because maybe they don't want you touching them. Amen. He said, yeah. Touch me. Do what you want. Because he was, he was ready for his breakthrough. <laughs> Amen. Amen. By the way, when he got sick recently, he, he came out of that hospital. And they couldn't put nothing on him. He came out. Amen. Chanel said he went on somewhere. Uh, they said, where you going? I'll be back. 
<laughs> back to his shenanigans. <laughs> hey, so that's God. You know, that's that's what God wants. He wants to heal you and, and you for you to be free. And none of this crazy stuff bless you and and what is it? Traveling mercies. I'll get it. Whatever. I'll be I'll get mad and start preaching harsh. I don't want that. I'm gonna be sweet today. There's just so much shenanigans going on in the kingdom. It's like, give us a break. Amen. And it's because most people are not called to do what they're doing. They're not called to do it. And it it confuses people. It really does. All right, verse 8, verse 9. Well, verse 8, let's go over that again. It says, for he who sows in his flesh of the flesh will reap corruption but he who sows in the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and verse 9 says and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart if we don't faint amen now if you look back up in verse 7 and then read 9 when it says don't be weary while doing good in verse 7 if we had paid attention to that years ago 